world reads from Sharjah, live with Alia, Ahmed, and Aisha. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to our live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. And uh, we are gearing up for a pretty big show this morning. Uh, we're going to be talking to Candy Summers, a 12-year-old author that's uh, got the whole place buzzing. She debuted her novel, Going Home, Diary of a Teenage Alien at the Sharjah International Book Fair and we're really looking forward to having her on on the program just talking to us about how she put this whole thing together and that is not all because the whole day we're going to be talking about what people from Sharjah are reading, what we're reading as well. So uh, we're gonna we got a pretty back show indeed. Definitely, I mean it is the how far in are we? We are the fifth day of the Sharjah International Book Fair, and there is so much, no many things going on. We're also gonna be talking to Khaled Lamjani from the Sharjah Broadcasting Authority to give us an update. How has the book fair been? Well, faring for the past couple of days. I see what you did there. Thank you. <laughs> I, I love my puns, of course, and we wanted to know what is happening and what might be happening in the the next couple of days are there any surprises or is the fact that you know that everybody's having fun is the highlight there are always surprises whenever oh, Paula comes true. on the show she always reveals something new and that's how it works at the book fair we're always stumped every day is something new so I can't wait to ask her about that me neither yes and we will be having the very interesting debate of do you like book book adaptations and Ooh. do you support them and of course we won't forget to be your guide and we will guide you through the book fair by inviting you into the agenda of the book fair that's right and for more information on the charge international book fair on visits and uh, online events as well head over to sibf.com that is sibf.com we're also live here on pulse 95 uh, until 11 o'clock, until the 14th of November as well, every day of the Sharjah International Book Fair to walk you through this. And uh, stay tuned to Pulse95. Pulse95. Pulse. This is Pulse95. What is, what is Sharjah reading? So yesterday, I kind of threw my co-host, Ahmed Dawood and Ali Al-Hizami <laughs> under the bus and I asked them, how many books have you guys been reading? And today we are asking them and everybody else, what are you reading? And Ahmed has been going around yesterday and asked some of the guests here at Charge International Book Fair, what are they reading? And this is what they had to say. So I'm reading three books recently. Um, it's uh, The Emotional Intelligence. And the this is marketing by Sot Godin, and the last one is how to mind read your customers. So basically, as you know, the the titles are more into communication and marketing, which is my area of specialty anyway. So I've been uh, reading. I'll give you three books. The first one is by Patty Smith, um, The Year of the Monkey. I'm a huge fan of Patty Smith's books. And again, this is another one that sort of takes you with her on a journey. It's almost like you're reading her diaries. And I don't know, it's, it's just very um, emotional. Um, so beautiful book. Um, another one, uh, my interest in poetry, of course, um, surrealist poetry which I have to say um, is a fantastic anthology put together by William Bond. I really recommend it. It just, um, it's very playful um, and it's, uh, it unleashes a lot of creativity. For me, that I write poetry, I mean, it's a great resource to have to, uh, 
try to experiment with. Um, so definitely I'm going to be experimenting a bit with surrealism. Um, another one that I absolutely love as a story uh, novel called Before the Coffee Gets Cold uh, by uh, Toshikazu uh, Kawaguchi. Beautiful, like the way um, the story unfolds in this coffee shop. Uh, different characters, but somehow they're all connected, and it doesn't really make sense. And I think Japanese have a beautiful way of storytelling, so absolutely recommend it. I don't want to say too much uh, to ruin it, but yes, a must read. Uh, well, I've been reading three books. Uh, the three books. Uh, the first book is for Chimamanda Ngozi. It's called Zikoria. It's a short story. Uh, I've also been reading a book called A Foodie's Guide to the World of Gastronomy by Dr. Habib Al-Mullah. It has been very interesting to get to know about the words of restaurants around the world and the waiting system for different restaurants. Uh, and the last book I finished was Everything I Never Told You for Celeste Inc. Pulse. This is Pulse 95. What is, what is Sharjah Reading? Well, there it is. A glimpse of what is Sharjah reading. And guys, what are you reading? Yeah, well, that, was, that was really, really cool, by the way. Just listening to people talk about what they've been reading, what kind of books they're into, and why mm -hmm. they like the books they like. I think it says so much about you as a person when you talk about your favorite books. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, what I found out talking to people about the books they read is it really sort of expanded my horizons. Because when I'm reading, I'm in my own little world. I've got my favorite authors. I venture out every now and then, but when I was talking to people, they opened my eyes to so many different writers from so many different countries uh, that put together really different stuff. So mm -hmm. I found that really, really cool uh, talking to people about this. What have you been reading, Aisha? <laughs> yes, always throwing us oh, yeah. under the bus. Yeah, <laughs> well, you, you asked us yesterday, now's your turn. <laughs> well, um, I'm not reading a book, but I'm reading a webcomic. It's sort of like, you know, my nighttime read. I'm trying to go to sleep. Yeah. It's called Lore Olympus, and it's basically about Greek mythology, but it's taken into a little bit a different perspective it is about Hades and Persephone I'm pretty sure you guys have heard of the um, the mythology or the story yeah, behind yeah, it yeah. but this is a bit different so in this version in this comic is a um, Hades and the entire basically um, Olympians and the the deities they live in a sort of a modern world meanwhile the humans live in antiquity so they would be ancient Greeks but they are living in basically a modern world there are cars buildings and whatnot but only when it comes to the deities so it's interesting seeing well you know Zeus dressed up in a suit or Hera dressed like trying to get her hair done or something like that so it's a very interesting perspective and what I like about it a lot is that when you talk about comics or web comics in general even manga any form of you know visual novel usually they have they go very experimental it goes back to what of one of our one of our um, guests said earlier yeah. in the previous Vox Pop and that is uh, you can be crazy you can do whatever you want with any form of book or whatever you have but when it comes to visuals you can go even crazier because people can see it so in this uh, comic as well they play around with the colors a lot so when it comes to Persephone for example everything is pink Hades everything is uh, is blue when it comes to Zeus everything is yellow and golden so I love these colors those things so it's super cool you guys should check it out it's a webcomic called Lore Olympus and it's one of the most read web comics on that application itself and it's well known and it might actually be turned into a Netflix show very very soon 
And I absolutely love how this conversation is basically steering towards different forms of books, different mm -hmm. genres, even with um, the people who are telling us what they were reading in Sharjah. It's very fascinating to see how diverse the tastes are, but exactly. we're all here because of our love for books and it's very exciting. Mm -hmm. It's all our love for the written word because that is what it is. I mean, if you look at visual novels and comics, etc., some people might be saying that it's only a sentence or two per page. What is that? But like one of our guests yesterday, Ahmed Al-Wahid, when he said that, you can still, this storytelling is what's important. It's about imagining and taking exactly. you to a specific world. And that is what reading is all about. Yeah, especially graphic novels. I'm glad you brought them up. And web comics. Uh, this is uh, pretty like understated. A lot of people associate comics with children's books and oh, yeah. material. And they don't really take it seriously. But it's it's got so much literary merit. And mm -hmm. uh, so many great writers out there have written stuff. Uh, across the board as far as graphic novels are concerned, uh, mm -hmm. web comics, there's so much interesting stuff out there. So Lore Olympus is your recommendation yes. for a web comic. Yes. It I has, will be sure to check it out. It has, by the way, it has millions of subscribers. So there's wow. a reason why it's going to be turned into a live <laughs> adaptation. I cannot wait for it. And there is even like a small uh, video of like um, of Persephone and whatnot. Like basically they're trying to push it even though there's not even any pushing. And so far every single person I recommended it to has just it's a page turner basically it's so yeah. easy to binge read the entire thing our lovely listeners we'd like to also know what are you guys reading so slide into our dms at pulse 95 radio on twitter facebook instagram youtube you name it we are everywhere coming up next we're gonna have an interview with candy summers a 12 year old girl who just published her first book so stay tuned for that Pulse 95. Pulse. This is Pulse 95. Book adaptions. Book adaptions. Book adaptions or book adaptations. <laughs> well, it's a. I think it's a very tough topic because we've seen massive growth. I'm gonna go on a limb and say that it was around Harry Potter. That's what really kicked off yes. the idea of let's turn books into movies and TV mm. shows. Yes, that is have existed for a long time. We've had you know comic book adaptations but what about in general especially as we see more and more of them the latest one that that comes to my mind is of course enola holmes and we've got cursed and they're both by netflix and one got more positive reviews meanwhile the other one was well mikhail and i and on the afternoon cut like we reviewed both of them and cursed well we did not like cursed at all yeah. and what about, what do you guys think do you guys love book adaptations into movies or TV shows? That's another question as well. I don't want to be a hater. I am almost always disappointed by <laughs> adaptations. It's. I think it's because when you when it comes to comic books, you kind of already have that image in front of you on, yeah. on how the um, the characters look like. But then once you read the book, it's an imagination. Mm -hmm. And then it, it's sort of like ordering something online and once it gets to you, it's something else and you're just disappointed. That's how it is. <laughs> but generally speaking, I mean, movies are great because it's an hour or an hour and a half to whatever. But when it comes to turning them into TV shows, that gives you more space to actually navigate through the story properly and True. not leave out any character any main events like mm -hmm. that was my like for instance the prisoner of azkaban is my favorite book out of the series mm -hmm. i hate the movie i don't uh -oh. think the people who wrote the script actually read the book it's, mm. it's completely different it doesn't stay true to the story but then again there's another debate that 
yes, we're turning it into a different form of media. So why should we stick to the original script? We need mm-hmm. to make it more creative and change it up. Yeah, it's pretty challenging. I mean, a lot of these uh, franchises like Harry Potter, for instance, they have a massive fan base and they have a great expectation of that what they're seeing on the screen is an accurate reflection of their experience of the book. Yeah. So when things don't go their way, it can be very, very disappointing. I tend to look at it as uh, the other thing you mentioned, Alia, the fact that uh, it's a different medium. So have fun with it and try to take advantage of it. Uh, And I've seen some adaptations do that where it's almost as if the adaptation is way more interesting than the book and the way it's set together, the way it tells a story. And uh, I've seen that, for instance, uh, with Watchmen. I mean, it was adapted oh, yeah. twice, Watchmen, interestingly. Yes, yes. It was adapted into a movie, but it was also adapted into a TV show. And it's loosely based on the comic by Alan Moore. But mm-hmm. it's really interesting to see how writers are exploring this material, this world that was put together without having to constraint yourself mm-hmm. into rendering everything as accurately as, as it was in the in the movie in the book sorry and I, sorry <laughs> we're so passionate about this aren't we <laughs> the thing yes. about comics is that there's also lots of material as well there's yeah. lots of variation of the same story lots of variations of the same character so it also gives them a bit more you know chance to explore further they might be like i'm gonna take a bit from this version of the comic and then i'm gonna take some other story and then i'm gonna go crazy and if you look at the mcu some people were upset that civil war did not end up the same way as civil war ended up in the comics where captain america died in the comics but yeah. in the movie obviously he yeah. did not so it's just like should what should we be doing should we be uh, taking inspiration only or should we stick to the script because it all depends on what the original readers want but also you're trying to introduce a whole new group of people who never read the book into wanting to watch this movie or TV show. I think as long as you stick to the core idea and the most significant events are good to go like The Handmaid's Tale it it goes farther than the book Mm -hmm. but it sticks to the main themes and main uh, incidents that take place uh, Mm -hmm. in the book but what I have noticed is that when it comes to adaptations Hollywood is overdoing it the Hobbit did not need to be three movies the third um, installation of the Hunger Games did not to be it did not need to be two movies and Mm -hmm. I I absolutely loved Divergent growing up and then the second book was adapted into a movie and I thought this is overly produced. This is crazy. This is insane. I no longer like this movie. Mm-hmm. I no longer like this franchise. And what ended up happening is that a lot of fans felt the same way. Mm-hmm. The third movie wasn't even in theaters. It was on TV because wow. they just lost the fan base. So mm. I think you need to stay true to the core of the story in yeah. order not to upset the fans. Because at the end of the day, they are the viewers. Absolutely. Um, and uh, it, it's sometimes really interesting how... <clears throat> the the adaptation and the book are very very different in some way and it sort of works i think american psycho is one of those movies that comes to mind <laughs> it's it's kind of an interesting pick for me but i've read both the book and the movie and mm-hmm. uh, the book was this scathing critique of this consumerist yuppie culture at the time uh, and the movie sort of got a different mood entirely and sort of deviates from the book and the source material in many different ways mm-hmm. but you could put both side by side and say okay this is really good. So I really find it interesting when you're to turning it into a new medium, you just think about all the different things that you could put together uh, and try to live up to the spirit of the original, like Alia said, and you have something really good going on, as long as it's not a lazy cash grab. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Like exactly. all those different sequels coming in, mm-hmm. comic book adaptations, yeah. the three hobbits, like you said. Yeah. 
And we like we need to also discuss that it's not just like um, television shows and movies. They also get turned into plays. Yeah. Harry Potter, the uh, J.K. Rowling release, the latest installation was actually a play. And there was so much outrage that, wait a second, why is Hermione a black woman? In the book, it was like... In, in the movie, she was white, but then the book mentions features that could be a black woman. So there's this outrage where the book has a specific image, yeah. the movie has a specific image, and then the play has a specific image. But I didn't mind it because that was actually the Hermione that I saw in my head growing up. So it's very interesting to see that perception really dilutes how you absorb those characters. Absolutely. And... Uh in terms of taking a story and then changing it but in a way where to me at least because i read the book i feel like it does not complement it but a lot of people who have basically watched the show believe that's one of the greatest shows i gonna go ahead and say that it would be outlander i don't know if you guys have watched it i love that book that book the entire series is just captivating it's just riveting and whatnot but i feel that some parts of the story should not have been messed around with Mm -hmm. in terms of the chronological order because it is done in a way in the book where it surprises you when you get to the second book or the third book or the fourth book meanwhile they did it in a very different way in the tv show that kind of if you go back to reading it it kind of ruins some things but honestly i cannot really say anything bad about it because it's critically acclaimed it has lots of positive reviews and a lot of people love it so it goes into the whole you might have not satisfied some of the readers maybe we're a small group of people who are like no this shouldn't have happened and also it goes back to how we imagine characters in my head the character kind of looked a little bit different based on the description like when the characters the main character should have been a bit taller maybe lankier and whatnot but at the end of the day as long as um, it's successful and a lot of people love it we don't talk about successful oh we just got a good amount of money at the beginning and then it just flops eventually but i mean consistently made people happy through season every season or from the first movie second and third and fourth and whatnot then that is a very good book adaptation. We're going to be taking a short break. I'm going to be talking more about the Charge International Book Fair and what's happening. So stay tuned for that and much more right here on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to our live coverage of the Sharjah International Book Fair. The halls are buzzing. More and more people are coming in and uh, taking in the major uh, atmosphere here at the Sharjah International Book Fair with over 80,000 titles on display at the Expo Center Sharjah. And uh, we continue our discussions uh, of literature, of books, our love of books here. And uh, we got the chance to speak to an author. Her name is uh, Alia Shamsi. She's uh, uh, an Emirati-Italian writer. And uh, we got to talk to her about her new poetry collection. It's called Alaya. Interestingly, it's put together as an illustrated children's book, but it tackles mature themes. So I asked her about how she struck that balance. And we also spoke about uh, the joy of reading and what writing meant to her. Writing as therapy, that's how she described it. So here is my conversation with writer Alia Ashamsi. So I'm here at the Sharjah International Book Fair with uh, writer Alia Shamsi, and I'm holding her illustrated children's book, Alaya. Yes, Alaya. Can you tell us more about this book? Of course. So Alaya is um, a story about a little girl who is born with sand in her hair. Uh, and she tries to get rid of it, but she really can't. And 
And alongside the story is the story of Jumeirah, Dubai, and how it's developed over the years. It's a little bit of my own childhood in it. Um, and it's all about this whole idea of identity and belonging and things changing, but certain things keep you grounded and give you roots. Kind of like Alaya's sand in her hair, that's always reminding her of the beach that she grew up in. And the way it's put together is pretty interesting too. It almost reads like a poem. Can you talk to us about the choices you made with this book, the sentences? Of course. So, um, again, this was sort of like, um, given the fact that I do write poetry, um, the sentences are very small, um, short meaning. Um, I didn't want to overwhelm a child with meaning and over explaining it's the idea is that when you pick up a book you sort of want to relate to it as well so um, the idea is to keep it open and people can relate to it and give meaning to it and maybe add their own interpretation to it as well and can you talk to me about poetry as a medium as a vehicle for self-expression you've got more poetry coming out can you tell us more about that so uh, I've just published my first uh, group of poems that I've been writing for the past 10 years. Um, again, poetry is something for me that was, it started off as a therapy, uh, sort of expressing myself where, when it's really difficult to use spoken words. Um, so I started writing in my diary and, um, and that's how the sort of journey started. And then 10 years later, I realized I have, um, I have, this material that not only is it like moments that define me in my life but also this uh, therapy of overcoming certain difficulties that I went through um, and also like redefining myself and finding my own voice again um, so it means a lot this book um, and uh, yeah so and can you talk to us about the joy of reading as well whether it's poetry or fiction how does it affect you um, I mean, for me, reading is uh, a must. I, I grew up in a household that both parents read. Um, I have a son and he also reads. Uh, it's, it's just a, a beautiful way of opening up to the different um, cultures and perspectives. Um, it, it teaches a lot of empathy. Um, and then it just sort of brings us all together on this, this whole idea that in the end we're all human. And, um, and our emotions are all the same and we feel the same way, but you know, our perspectives may be different, but that thing what makes us human is just the foundation of, of it all. And finally, can you talk to us about your experience of the Sharjah International Book Fair so far? Uh, I mean, I'm really excited that it's happening, um, you know, on location. But of course, uh, the way they've organized this is fantastic that, you, you know, you need to um, book uh, your own ticket. And, um, and as I can see here, it looks fantastic in terms of social distancing. Uh, yeah, they've done a great job. That was super interesting, Alia Shamsi. Honestly, what I love about the Charge International Book Fair is that every single year and every single edition, mm -hmm. I end up just meeting new people or hearing about people I've never heard of before. 
And I don't know if you know Ahmed. I'm pretty sure you've heard of this name. Alaya is the nickname for the name Alia. So we can yeah. call Alia Lazami. Alaya. Yes, yeah. But my parents still call me that. Um, and what I, I've, I actually know Alia Shamsi. And what I love about her is that she's such a phenomenal woman. And I've seen her growth and um, development when it comes to her poetry. Mm-hmm. And actually, fun fact, she was her book Alaya was the first book to ever be published by sale publishing wow. after turning into a publishing house so it's great to see um, Emirati women shine it's great to see local talent come out and put themselves out there especially with poetry it's very deep very personal and she said how it tackles very important points in her life and that's not something easy there's so much strength and vulnerability but it's not easy to just show it out to the public so I commend mm-hmm. her for that Absolutely. And what I like about it is, again, it's like you said, it's very personal. It's coming from uh, something that is deep within her. She's projecting it onto something, like you said, that should or at least from the outside looks like something for children. But it's much more deeper than that. It tackles much more mature themes. And I think I need to go back to Sale Publishing's uh, booth and check it out because I just passed by on the first day. Just quickly, I spoke to Iman Ben Sheba, the CEO of uh, sale publishing but I did not really sit down and look at the stuff they have and they seem like they have a very wide array whole range of uh, books that are very very different and what I like about this as well is that it's poetry from an Emirati woman and we rarely hear about, I'm not saying we don't have poetry or poets in the UAE that is absolutely untrue the entire Gulf even the entire Arab region is all about poetry the history of the Arab word is all about poetry I mean, it's so intricate and beautiful, but when you talk about poetry in English now, that is yeah. super, super rare. When you say any Marathi, do write poetry in English. Mm-hmm. Very interesting and very phenomenal, honestly. And, yeah, and Sale Publishing has a lot of books written by Emiratis who mm-hmm. are actually poets. And it's just, it's very interesting to see the growth and the acceptance um, that the UAE has towards Emirati writers who write in English. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, poetry itself here is deeply ingrained in the culture to begin with, uh, with the oral tradition. But uh, people here are really doing interesting things. And when I was browsing the Sale Publishing stall in that book, Alaya in particular, written by Ali Shamsi, what I found was on the surface it looks like a children's book but the language is beautiful and elegant and moving even to me and this is something I asked her about off the air and she told me that a lot of people came up to her adults and said they liked reading it mm-hmm. so you browse these books and uh, they always surprise you mm-hmm. that speaks volumes honestly yeah. yes and I love how deep it is because yeah. we need to I, like their children, their their brain is still developing, but we also need to expose them to such material so that their brain can develop in a way that um, sees beyond the surface and tru- truly understands uh, themes of identity and whatnot. So that when it's time when it's time for them to discover who they actually are, those ideals are ingrained in their heads and they would have an easier time navigating through life. Yeah, it's very important what you noted here. A lot of children's books tend to gravitate towards escapism and fantasy and things that are not rooted in reality uh, and uh, that doesn't help I think we should have an honest conversation with them and respect their intelligence because children are absolutely smart and they Mm -hmm, can read a lot of things uh, and that book pulls no punches so I'm really glad to see that uh, those types of books are coming out there and they're very good uh, for, for young people Alaya by Alia Shamsi guys go check out this 
poetry book for children that may also be for adults as well as for everybody of all ages out there at Sale Publishing's booth. We're going to be taking a short break, but the conversation and fun continues from right here at the Sharjah International Book Fair. You're, You're listening, listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed, and Aisha. And we're back with the beautiful and talented Candy Summers, the 12 year old author of Diary of a Teenage Alien. How are you today? Um, good morning. I'm fine, thank you. It's great to have you here. Um, so let's start with the questions. Being so young, what is your writing process and how did you have the time to write your novel? Um, when I'm homeschooled, so. With, with what I was doing, I was just, um, I had time because I could put my stuff aside mm-hmm. and take time out to do the writing mm-hmm. for my book. At the beginning, it was kind of hard to do because I wasn't sure what I wanted to write. But then once I got into the flow of it, it became easier for me. And how did you decide what you wanted to write? How did the idea and the inspiration behind the story come to you? Well, um, I've always been into space. So writing space related, something space related um, was something that I wanted to write about. Mm-hmm. Interesting, because honestly, when I was growing up, I was also a big consumer of books, reading book after book after book. And I did also gravitate towards fantasy, but not so much when it comes to science fiction. And I love the fact that you went towards that. We rarely see that, uh, well, in my time at least, that where young girls mm. in general, or even young kids in general, gravitate towards science fiction because usually it feels like it's a bit very happy so can you tell us more about your book going home diary of a teenage alien um so yeah it's about a girl who's from another planet her name is lizzie um her father got hurt so she decided that um she wanted to go to earth and take a vacation with her friend Mm -hmm. but when they go to earth they crash land into earth so they meet people there who help them find what they need to fix their ship and get themselves back home. So basically it's just like a journey of self-discovery and, and friendship. And how much was it based on your own experiences? Um, quite a lot because when I moved here it was, um, it was kind of hard but easy at the same time. Did you feel like an alien coming here? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So you felt like an alien coming from a different planet all the way to the planet of Sharjah and the UAE. I love that very much. Can you tell us more about your process? Because we've been talking for the past couple of days about how do you have the time? How do you just sit down? Because when you think about, oh, I'm going to write a book. A lot of people have lots of things going on in their mind. They think, oh, I'm going to do this with this plot. I'm going to do this with this plot. So how did you, what was your process? You sit down and you know just make mind maps or did you create like did you have several versions of it like nah I don't want this anymore um yeah I, I use mind maps um, sometimes but some, most of the time I would just like go with the flow and see what came out and because that's how you get the best stories in my opinion because it's just natural Mm, I love that. I agree. The writing process should be organic and it should flow and leave the editing for later. Just write (laughs) it out. So um, tell us more. Do you think this is going to be a series or do you have any future plans on another book? Um, Yeah, there might be a next book. But at the moment, um, I'm working on a different book um, in a different series. Yeah. I have an idea for it, but it's just... It's, just, it's still fresh. Yes. Can, Can you give us a bit of a peek? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> What's the main theme? Yes. Yeah, um, the main theme, it's like kind of, 
I got the idea of off of um, COVID, so Ooh, it has to do with the virus. Yes, that's going to be amazing. You're very creative. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is it gonna be like? Again, I, I, we know that it's supposed to be a secret. It's still, still working on it, but we want to get some details out of it. We're super excited. So it would be like, well, again, science fiction theme or going through another genre? Um, it's based off like an apocalypse kind of thing. Ooh, so dystopian novel. I love dystopian novels. I mean, we are kind of living in a dystopian novel right now in the year 2020. But why not? I mean, we've had The Hunger Games, we've got Divergent. And I feel like maybe why not more of those, especially coming from a brilliant young mind such as yours, Candy. So what about going to different genres beyond, uh, you know, science fiction, dystopian novels? Would you go through fantasy? Would you even talk about yourself, go towards nonfiction maybe? Um, maybe eventually, but like... I'm more of a, like a fantasy writer, like someone who writes fiction stuff. Mm-hmm. And what have you been reading lately? Because we've been asking yeah. everybody around, what have you been reading? Have you been reading any comics, maybe a novel, a series, or even audiobooks? Um, I just finished up reading the Darkest Mind series. It was the last book. Mm. Um, I forgot what it was called, but yeah. Love series. Is it a tr- is it a trilogy? Um, yeah, it's a trilogy. But there's a fourth book in it. Mm-hmm. I love that. We're super excited for yeah. you and your journey. I mean, into the world of writing as an author. I mean, you're only 12 years old, so honestly, only upwards from here. I mean, you're living my dream, and Ali as well. She also wrote a book when she was super young as well. So it's lovely to see all these brilliant minds. Just you know making their dreams come true i've always said on my checklist i said one day i will get to writing a book i have no idea what it is at some point i said it was going to be fiction but i have no idea so yeah thank you for being here candy this is candy summers her book just debuted right here at the Sharjah international book fair where can we find it um it's on amazon.co.uk mm-hmm. and it's currently selling as an ebook and a print version so no excuses. If you cannot be here physically at the Expo Center Sharjah, you can get it from Amazon or get it as an ebook. We love that so much. Thank you so much, Candy, for joining us. It was such a delight speaking to you. We're going to be taking a short break and the conversation continues right here at the Sharjah Expo Center. The world reads from Sharjah. Live with Alia, Ahmed and Aisha. This is Pulse 95. Sharjah International Book Fair Agenda. We've got a pretty packed cultural program for today's uh, uh, Sharjah International Book Fair. So if you'd like to get a glimpse into the cultural events happening, whether they're workshops, talks, interviews, head over to SharjahReads.com. The website is SharjahReads.com. So we've got a pretty packed agenda for today. And uh, starting at 1 p.m., we're going to talk about uh, social media, particularly TikTok, the way people are using TikTok, the way it's been growing. Uh, and that's one of many uh, events taking place today uh, because at 5 p.m. we also have another session featuring writer Carlo Lucarelli. And uh, he's a renowned crime fiction writer. And the primary topic of this discussion is about inspirations. So how do you get inspirations? How do you go beyond real events and translate them to the page in a compelling, engaging, and realistic way to the reader? And how also does the crime genre work? What are its conventions, its tropes, uh, and how do these plots move and weave in a way that creates a sense of enigma and mystery to a reader who continue wanting to flip the page? So if you'd like to get an insider's look into the act of writing a crime novel, 
5 p.m. Inspirations is the talk. I know I said I might go, my book might be fantasy. I think I might turn into a crime, uh, crime mystery, maybe <laughs> crime novel. But I feel like those are super difficult to write because it needs like some sort of uh, to sit down and make it super intriguing for yeah. people. Because yeah. I'm the type of person who can, I'm not showing off. I'm definitely not showing off. <laughs> but I can usually guess what's happening. So I need to outsmart the reader. Yeah. So if you're the type of person who wants to know how to outsmart your readers and go into the world of crime novels and mystery, this would be the session for you. And you know what? Maybe it could be a romance novel. Mm -hmm. And you could go to the 9 p.m. session where Ravinder Singh would be talking about writing about romance in the modern era and how is social media changing the face of courtship the author would be talking about how he learned about writing romance how the author became an author and basically the role of technology when it comes to romance so maybe that's your next novel Asha God, you guys are making it harder now. It's just becoming more difficult every single day. When we talk about the genre of the day or when we speak to our lovely authors that are joining us here at the studio at the Sharjah International Book Fair, I'm just getting lots of ideas. But that's okay because I'm not writing my novel this year. Mm -hmm. So I do have some time until I figure this out. And with that, we end our discussion right here as the world reads from Sharjah and the Sharjah International Book Fair, the 39th edition, where the entire world is meeting virtually with all kinds of great and brilliant minds. And of course, you can visit this place, but don't forget to sign up before you arrive to make sure that you are able to enter. Tune in tomorrow, same time, same vibes from 10 a.m. till 11 a.m. as we discuss Discuss everything books, everything reading of all forms right here at the Sharjah Expo Center with myself, Aisha Al-Mazmi, Ahmad Dawood, and Ali Al-Hizami.